What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, Wellpreneurs, and welcome to season five of the Wellpreneur podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Cook, and I am so excited to bring you this series of interviews and solo shows about how to grow your business in the wellness industry, but also how to be well as a wellness entrepreneur and some other fun stuff sprinkled in as well. So I'd like to offer a big welcome back to my longtime listeners. Some of you have been with me since the podcast started in 2014, and what a different world it was then, right? The wellness industry was much different, and there were hardly any podcasts, so things have really changed since then. And I'd also like to extend a huge hello to all of our new listeners, because I know so many people have been joining our Wellpreneur community. We have established wellness entrepreneurs, as well as aspiring Wellpreneurs, people who are passionate about health and wellness and trying to figure out how to turn it into a business. And you're all welcome here. So thanks for joining me for this season. I want to share a little story today about trends I'm seeing in the wellness industry and how I believe that we can all do better and stand out in a way that is meaningful and soulful and impactful. So as you can imagine, running this podcast, I get to meet a lot of wellness entrepreneurs, which is so cool. Actually, that's why I'd love to do this podcast, because I get to meet these fascinating people and connect with people around the world and share what I'm learning and bring their stories to you. I love it. But a side effect of getting to do this is that I get pitched a lot. So we get so many emails and messages in other ways, although we ignore all of those through social media, but so many emails with people pitching us to be on the show. And I really accept a very, very small percentage of the people that pitch us, mainly because we just, well, honestly, because a lot of them just aren't a good fit. And then we just don't have time, right? Because I really want to curate the best interviews to be in each season. So it's interesting as I'm reading these pitches and as I'm doing the interviews, sometimes you just get an immediate no. Like I just get a sense like this person, this business, it's just not right. And for me, that's usually because of some ethical reason. Like it just feels too salesy. I feel like they're just going to pitch themselves the whole time or it feels a bit sleazy or scammy or too internet marketing-y. I hope you know what that means. Like I love online marketing and I run my business completely online, but there's a lot of online marketing, get rich quick, like stuff that just makes me feel like ick. (laughs) That's the best way I know how to describe it. I'm, I'm sure you know that feeling. So anything like that, it's just an immediate no. But what's really interesting and what I wanted to talk to you about is sometimes I get a pitch from somebody or I meet someone in an interview and I'm getting a no. Or I'm getting a resistance, but it's from me. And this is this is really interesting when this happens. It's like it triggers me, right? It's triggering all the stuff, my own stuff. So like insecurities or whatever. So 
the one that tends to happen for me, I'm sure you've had this experience with other people where you meet someone and there's nothing wrong with them, but for some reason, it's like triggering something in you. And the thing it triggers in me is high school, right? Now, this is ridiculous. I've been out of high school for like a lot of years, over 20 years. And normally in my life, I don't think about high school, but occasionally I'll meet somebody, typically through my work in the wellness industry, and it triggers like all those high school teenage girl insecurities in me. So I was not the cool girl in high school. I was like super smart and graduated top of my class and like Miss Perfect, right? Which has all of its drawbacks too. And I felt really not like a normal high schooler. And I felt pretty nerdy, geeky, and a bit like just, I didn't really, basically I didn't like high school. I didn't really feel like I fed in. I definitely was not one of the cool kids. So all I'd wanted when I was in like, especially middle school, I remember first having this desire. I really wanted to be petite and have long, blonde, perfectly straight hair, right? That was like, to me, that was like the ultimate goal. I think because there was a girl in my school that looked like that and she was really cool and popular. And to me, that was like the pinnacle of, of what, you know, I wanted to be. Well, that was obviously never going to happen because I've always been quite tall. And with my German ancestry, as my mom likes to say, I have good childbearing hips, right? So I'm never going to be like the petite, small person. And I'm definitely not blonde. I've been brunette with wavy hair, right? So nowadays, I am completely happy with the way I look. Like I'm really done a lot of work on my body positivity and all that. And like, I love it. And oh my gosh, I wish I'd felt this way earlier because I really could have like gotten a lot more mileage out of my teenage and early 20 years if I'd realized that I looked really good, but I didn't. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is that we all have these incidents in our lives that trigger insecurities. And so occasionally when I'm gonna interview people on the podcast, I think particularly because of how the wellness world is, that gets triggered in me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this girl is the cool girl, for example, and I'm not the cool girl. And how can I interview her, right? It like triggers all this stuff that makes me feel bad about myself. When this happens, I'm totally amazed by it, actually, that it can still be that powerful over 20 years later, when in general, like I'm pretty confident, I go meet anybody, like I'll, I love speaking on stage, I love going to events, and like, so why occasionally do I run across a person that really triggers me? So when that happens, and the reason I'm telling you this story is because I see that as really different from the first kind of no that I get. So if I get the no that's like, ooh, this person's sleazy or scammy or unethical or it's just not a good fit, then I just say no. Because that to me is like, that's just not bringing the type of person that I want into this platform, into your ears, you know, into our community. But the second type of no that I get is that one when it's my stuff coming up. And for me, if I sense that it's just me being triggered, now I really see that as a growth opportunity. And I want to like do some work on myself. We can talk about that. But what's going on here? Why is this person triggering me? And if their business is still a good fit, then bring them on, right? Let's bring them on the show. And it's just something that I need to work on and move through to grow. So why am I telling you this? Because it occurred to me the last time this happened, I realized, wow, like I'm being triggered by some of the stuff that I see in the wellness industry. And I bet a lot of other people are too, especially people who might be new to wellness and not feeling very comfortable. 
You know how you hear like people that have never really gone to the gym before and they go to the gym and they feel really intimidated by everybody who seems to know what they're doing and everyone who looks really fit already, right? Well, it occurs to me that this is probably happening in all different areas of the wellness industry, that for people just being who they are and being in this certain way might trigger other people and make them feel really uncomfortable and not resonate with them. So why is this so interesting? Is not to say that people should change how they are, but instead what I'm thinking is we actually each need to really be fully ourselves because one trend that I've seen that is very negative in the wellness industry is all the sameness, right? I'm sure you've noticed this too. Like back in 2014, when I was starting this, there weren't a lot of examples of how to be a wellness business. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to start the Wellpreneur podcast is to show how can you be a wellness business? How can you grow it online? What are these models that work? You know, do people have online courses and coaching and online workshops and products and retreats? And let's look at all these possibilities. Well, fast forward to today in 2019, and there are a lot of examples of wellness businesses out there. And I have to say, a lot of them are really samey right? They're all, it's like the same thing. It started off with like the green smoothies and everyone's showing themselves drinking a green smoothie. And like, that's what it means to be healthy and a health coach. And then it went to like smashed avocado on toast. And that's what everyone wanted to have. Oh, I missed in between there, there was like smoothie bowls. Then that became the next thing, right? So this is the kind of stuff that you see on, especially on Instagram, on Pinterest, on Facebook. You see people trying to be this certain way that they think a wellness coach or a wellness entrepreneur needs to be. Now, first of all, that honestly really does not work because you can't copy your way to success in that sense, right? We can be inspired by other people's business models. We can take ideas from those, but to actually try to copy and turn yourself into something that's not authentically you, really, I haven't seen it working in the long term because it's really hard to sustain. The other thing is when we're all being the same and showing the same kind of things, then it doesn't differentiate us from the competition. So why is somebody going to go with you and your pictures of green smoothies and avocado toast versus the 10,000 other health coaches that are doing that? They're not going to, right? And the other thing is sometimes this like perfect Instagram world of like, oh, I'm this like gorgeous, like skinny 20 something doing yoga on the beach, drinking my smoothie. That doesn't really work for everyone, right? Like that doesn't make me feel like I can connect to that because that's not me. And I know that's the case for a lot of people too. So this is actually a really good freeing thing. It means that you don't have to try to be that person, that perfect Instagrammable wellness entrepreneur. Actually, by you being yourself and bringing your own uniqueness, your own flavor of wellness, your own perspectives, that means you're going to resonate with the people that are right for you. You're gonna resonate with your ideal clients and they're gonna resonate with you because they will see themselves in you. So there's no point in trying to convert those people that might be triggered by you or trying to turn into somebody that's gonna be this perfectly Instagrammable, like perfect wellness life type person because that actually doesn't connect with your ideal clients. Especially today in 2019 when there's so much more competition online you really need to be yourself and find your own flavor of wellness. Like just think about all the different flavors of wellness that there are, right? You can have vegans, you can have paleo people, you can have like super like 
slow meditation yoga people, you could have like super intense personal trainers and CrossFitters. And most people don't resonate with all of those, right? You're drawn to one end of the spectrum or the other. So rather than trying to like go in the middle or trying to do what else you see online, just own it. Like what's your flavor of wellness? And be that, do that, talk about that. It's really about defining wellness for yourself. Because I truly believe wellness is for everyone. This really struck me in the past few months that wellness is not just for like upper middle class, attractive women living in urban areas in America, right? It's not. Wellness is for everyone. I've had a struggle with this because I've had a few family members that I've been trying to pass along some wellness info to. And that demographic just does not resonate with them. So I've got an older guy that I've been trying to send stuff to who just is not wanting to take health advice from 30-something women in North America, really. Like, ideally, I'd find somebody that more resonated with him, like about the same age, right? And I've seen this time and time again, especially living here in the UK, is that sometimes you don't just want to hear some stuff from America. Or if you're in America, maybe you don't want to hear about stuff from a different place. You want to hear where you're from. Anyway, again, the point is that I think by truly being yourself, then putting yourself into your brand and your business, that's what's going to attract the right people to you. So wellness is for everyone. And I think we need to really expand our definition of wellness and really define it for ourselves. So how do you bring in the events that have happened in your life, your personal story, your personal wellness journey, your interests? your interests, your own challenges, your areas of expertise, the stuff you find fun, your sense of humor, bringing all that into your business is going to allow you to show up for those people that most connect with you. So that's my goal for this season. And the theme for season five is really about wellness being for everyone. This season, I really am focusing on featuring wellness businesses and wellness entrepreneurs that are doing it a bit differently. So not the standard type of wellness entrepreneur. We're looking at people in different places around the world with different takes on wellness, with different journeys to their wellness business, different businesses that are complementary to wellness. And for me, they all fit into this idea of health and well-being in business. They're all businesses that, that I really am inspired by and that I find are making an impact and working in a way that I find ethical and nourishing and positive for the world. So I'm very excited to share these interviews with you this coming season. So what I'd like you to think about this week is what does wellness mean for you? And what does well-being look like? And think beyond, yes, of course, start with food and lifestyle, but think beyond that. What are the components that are wellness for you that can come into your business that you can bring in and weave in? You know, you can weave them into your storytelling, into your branding, into your blog content, into your newsletters, sharing your own story, as well as sharing these elements of wellness that are important for you. So to give you some ideas, I wanted to share with you the pillars that I'm really building my business around, the other areas that for me pull all combined to make a successful wellness business and life. Is not just about business, but it's about being a wellness entrepreneur and being well as an entrepreneur. So the areas that I'm looking at and that we're going to explore more deeply this season are curiosity. What's calling to you? What if it could be okay to follow your curiosity? And if by following where you're drawn and, and what feels most appealing to you, 
you're actually brought in the direction that you need to be brought in to grow your business and yourself. So by following your curiosity, I really truly believe that you can get to the work that's authentic for you and to your best life and to the business that you want to bring out into the world. This season, we're going to be talking about freedom. And what I love about this topic of freedom is that the first thing people think about is this image we've been sold on the internet, which is, oh, I need to like be working on my laptop on a beach and be location independent to be free. And that is not true. Freedom is completely a different vision for everyone. Your definition of freedom is different from mine, is different from all the other listeners. And so what I want to talk with you about this season is defining freedom for yourself. What does that look like? And then looking at ways that you can start to have that now, because we so often think that you need to wait for freedom, you know, until you make a certain amount of money or until you hit a certain level of success or email subscribers or audience size, or until your kids leave the house or until you lose weight or until your relationship's better. And that's not true. You can define freedom for yourself now. And there's ways that you can start to bring it into your life immediately. And I find that really exciting. Something else that's so important for me is this idea of connection. I believe that we're pretty starved for connection these days. And that's, of course, connection with other people and true relationships, which I believe can be built on the internet as well as in person. But beyond just connection with other people, which is something I'm really trying to cultivate here too at Wellpreneur with our community and just being able to have connections between us, there's more to connection than that. I believe there's like a real importance for a connection to yourself and how we can get to that through journaling and meditation and inner work and personal growth. There's also connection to your place and where are you in the world? We're so disconnected these days from where we are and the ingredients that are around us, the wild plants, the seasons. You know, our our ancestors were completely tied into the seasons and the moon cycles. And that was defining their life because that's what it was. You were, you know, you did different things in the summer than in the winter. Your energy would be more expansive in the summer and more restful in the winter. And we've lost that connection. And I think that's a natural human cycle that when you start to tune into it, even in our modern worlds, you know, if you can tune into that sense of place and where you are and the time of year, it adds huge amounts of value and grounding into your life. And also, I'm really interested in this idea of connection with our ancestors and those who came before us. I've been looking into the idea of epigenetics, which is the information that's passed through our genes, but it's not actually encoded in the DNA. It's like how the genes are expressed. And they've done some studies, which I can talk more about later in the season, but where if your ancestors have experienced trauma or if your ancestors experienced famine and hunger, you're going to react differently to hunger and food and stress because of that information that's been passed down through your DNA into yourself. So our ancestors, whether we know them or not, whether we want to think about them or not, they're part of us. You know, their DNA is in each of our cells. There's something fascinating for each of us, men and women, but there's something called mitochondrial DNA. And it's the DNA in the mitochondria And as you know, with normal DNA, it gets probably, it gets recombined. So you get half from your mom and half from your dad. But mitochondrial DNA stays intact across generations and generations, and it's passed down just through the women. So the mitochondrial DNA that I have is the same for like thousands of years. It has very, very minimal mutations and changes. So it's the exact same as in my mother and my grandmother and my great-grandmother. Those pieces of those ancestors are still in us. And I find this really 
really powerful as I've looked into it. Not that you need to like reconnect with your ancestors, but just to understand where you came from. Where were their places? What were the kinds of food that they ate? What were the kind of rituals that they did? And being able to bring some of this into your own life today, along with that sense of place of where are you today and what are the seasons going on? That's all really grounding and helps you feel connected to the world in general, right? So sometimes we can get so caught up in our own lives and what's happening right now. And there's something so, so deeply healing about realizing that you're part of a continuum and you're connected to these people that came before you and these people who made you. So we're looking at curiosity, freedom, connection. And then the last area I'm going to look at this season is impact. How can we really make an impact with our work? I know we talk a lot about making money and growing audiences, and that's wonderful. But really, at the end of the day, it's like, what legacy do you want to leave in the world? What kind of impact do you want to make? For some people, that's writing a book or starting a charity, but it doesn't have to be, you know, by raising your children and working with clients, you're actually impacting people who then will take what they've learned from you and can impact other people. And so I want to look at the ways that we can kind of define and get clear on what is that impact we really want to make in the world through our wellness businesses and through our lives. And then again, how can we start doing that now? How can we not wait for some time in the future to start making the impact that we really want to make. And this all ties back into the idea of wellness and keeping ourselves well and balanced and nourished as we're growing our wellness businesses. It all ties together. So I'm just really excited to bring you this season of interviews and solo shows. And I'd really encourage you to starting today, but going forward through the season to really think about defining wellness for yourself. What is your flavor of wellness? What are those aspects and elements that define you and that that you can bring into your business to show your own unique take on wellness so that you can attract the clients that are exactly right for you because they'll resonate with you because wellness is for everyone. Now, one last thing I'm bringing into this podcast season and I have a favor to ask of you which is I'd like to start doing some regular Ask Me Anything shows, AMA, right? Ask Me Anything. So I'd like you to submit your questions. I've already got some questions because people will will just send us questions. So I've got some, but I'd love to know what would you love to hear a podcast about or just ask me a question and I'll answer it in the AMA show. So how can you do that? I'd like you to send me an email. You can email us at info at wellpreneuronline.com. So that's info at wellpreneuronline.com. And if you could just make the subject line AMA, ask me anything, and just put your question in there. And also let me know if you, if I can, um, I'll use your name with the question, but if you do not want me to use your name, then just please say that in the email. Like, please do not use my name or leave this anonymous. And I'm going to answer as many as I can in the upcoming Ask Me Anything episodes. I think that'll be a lot of fun and we'll keep it really timely and focused on exactly what you want to learn. So I'm going to leave it there for this week and we'll be coming back to you very soon with a whole bunch of inspiring and really thought-provoking interviews and solo episodes throughout the season. Now, if you're not already on my email list, that is the best place to keep in touch with upcoming episodes and discussions and events and everything happening. I'd encourage you to go to amandacook.me. That's my personal website, amandacook.me. 
And you can just sign up there right on the front page for my email list. um, And I'll keep in touch with you about everything going on with the Wellpreneur podcast and with my programs and with my world in general. The other place that I'd love to connect with you is in our Facebook community. So if you're on Facebook, and I have to tell you, I'm not using Facebook that much except to go into this group because it is so helpful and inspiring and it's a totally promo-free zone. There's over 4,000 Wellpreneurs in there. We talk about the week's episodes. People are asking questions and giving support and feedback. It's really awesome. It's called the Wellpreneur Community Group on Facebook. So you just go into Facebook, type Wellpreneur Community, and you'll find us, and then you can apply to join. And you need to fill out a couple questions because we kind of screen people to make sure they're wellness entrepreneurs to get in so that we don't get any spammy, scammy people in there. So it's a really good place. I'd love to have you there. So this week, I just want to leave you with the thought that you can define wellness for yourself. Wellness is for everyone. And think about all of those little weird ways that you're unique and that you like to bring wellness into your life and business. And just think about how you could weave that more into the story that you tell your customers and your prospects and your blogs and your emails, how you can really be you in wellness rather than being what you think you need to be as a wellness entrepreneur. Okay, we'll leave it there for now. Have a fantastic week and I will see you back here with our first interview very soon. 